Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the art of being you. I am so glad that you are here with me today. Friends, we are tackling a topic that is really heavy on my heart lately, and we're talking about church and specifically the idea of whether or not we should go to church every week. And I don't know about you, but I'm finding myself in conversations about this often, and I think it's something we're a little bit unsure of what to think about. And so today we're going to dive into this. Listen, I know I'm a pastor. I'm a senior pastor. So you might think you know where I'm going with today's topic, um, but I think you probably would be surprised about some of the thoughts that are in my heart and in my mind. But I want us to look at this topic because the world around us is changing dramatically. In fact, our nation is changing dramatically. Just 25, 30 years ago, if you were a believer, if you called yourself a follower of Jesus, then you found yourself in church regularly every week if possible. Now, I know there have always been certain jobs that make it difficult to be in the building on Sundays. And I just want to be saying up front, I am not talking about if you're sick or um, if you have trouble getting out of your home with like maybe a chronic disease or if you have a job on Sundays that you cannot do anything about. I'm specifically talking about the cultural trend to sleep in, to do things like sports, to really what's happening is we are changing our value for what church really even is. I was in a conversation recently with some friends and we were marveling about how when we were growing up, or for a lot of them, when they were growing up, they were there at church every single time the door was opened. And it was sort of like what you did if you were a believer. And I think there was this subconscious message that God would be upset with you if you did not do that, that somehow God would be mad at you. And then we grow up and there's a lot of conversation about the grace of God in today's day and age. And so now we've sort of learned or are coming into the learning that God is always in a good mood. And we take that into a subconscious level and maybe say things like, well, God's always in a good mood. So he probably doesn't care if I skip church this week and this weekend turns to next weekend and next weekend. And then all of a sudden your pattern is to go to church about once every six weeks. That's actually statistically the norm right now. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, statistically in the United States, people go to church once every six weeks, and that is to them, quote, regular attendance. That's a crazy reality. That's a crazy worldview. I think one of the main factors of this is the accessibility of the internet to get great teaching and to get great worship and to be able to feed our devotional life a lot on our own through technology. But what I want to do today is I want to talk about why we go to church and sort of all the different things connected to why we go to church that are way more important um, or more, uh, they have a different expression than what you can experience in your own devotional life with God. Now, a lot of people say, this, this thought, I don't know if God's mad at me if I don't go to church every week, but, and then they go into, you know, in the, in the first church, they didn't do church like we do now. And we, we start sort of kind of start spiraling into excuses and whatnot. I know I mentioned this last week, but I want to say this again, and specifically in this context, 
The grace of God does not exist to empower you to move away from what the Bible has said for your life. The grace of God does not empower you to move into the flesh, to move into laziness, to move into our own personal desires that don't line up with who God is and what he's asked of us. The grace of God exists to challenge us, to inspire us, to continue to move closer to Jesus, even when it feels difficult. I think what's happening in droves is that people are beginning to use the grace of God as permission to be um, more flexible with their schedule, and that's leading them away from the sort of traditional look at church as a whole. Now, I want to say up front, I've heard recently this question is, you know, I'm wrestling through, is God mad at me if I don't go to church? Listen, the question is not, is God mad at you about your behavior? When that's the question we're stuck on, that's an indication that there's more about our identity that we need to come into revelation about. God does not sit in heaven mad at you about anything that you're doing. That sort of punishment, like, you know, snarky, oh, well, you did that to me type persona does not exist in God at all. So that's not the right question to be asking. When we're hyper-focused on that particular element, then we're missing something in our identity and our relationship with who God is as a whole. The question should we, we should be asking is not, is God mad at me if I don't go to church? It's what did God create the church for and how do I fit into that? It's not about, is it okay for me to go or not go? It's about why the church exists in the first place. Here's a really strong reality for us to understand. The Bible was written to the church. The New Testament epistles were written specifically to the church. So some people say, well, you know, the Bible doesn't specifically say that I'm supposed to go to church every single Sunday. But my suggestion to you would be, if you were not in the church, you did not get to find what God was saying because the epistles, every single letter in the New Testament is written to the believers who were gathered in the church. Hebrews, for example, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 25, it says this, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. That's what the Amplified says, as, in, as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more. What is this saying? I, I, I paraphrased. I, did, I cut off the first part of that verse on accident. But what it's saying is we are not to forsake meeting together with other believers specifically for instruction and worship. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like church. God, who wrote the New Testament, by the way, God is telling us that we need to be in church. This is how we grow. This is how we learn. Now, some people have said to me, you know, well, I don't, the church that I go to, it's not feeding me or whatnot. Okay. Well, the precedent in scripture in the New Testament for what church looks like is the gathering of the believers, right? And so I know there's some people that say, well, it's the gathering of the believers, so it doesn't really matter. Listen, guys, we're picking and choosing different scriptures. The gathering of the believers is under the headship of the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. That is who Jesus gave to govern the church, okay? In that order, that's a very important order for us. Then under them, he gave deacons and elders and the scriptures pertaining to that. Now, some people would say, well, it's the elder's job to lead the church. Well, listen, guys, the New Testament does not contradict itself. So the apostles, prophets, shepherds, evangelists, teachers, I get those out of order. Those are the bedrock. That's the base. That is who Jesus gave to lead the church. 
And then he gave the deacons and elders to facilitate what the fivefold ministry was doing. So some of us find ourselves in churches that don't operate like this, and we might feel like we have permission to not go as much because maybe you you don't agree with the vision or, you know, et cetera. But the picture of the New Testament church was actually a daily gathering with the believers. It was daily Acts 2, 42 through 47, daily they got together and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. How could they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching if they weren't listening to the apostles' teaching? Okay, it's just baseline logic and deduction right there. It's so important for us to realize that if we are going to say God is blessing me to not go to church every week, then I think we're looking at this completely backwards. In my personal opinion, and maybe this is too much truth talk for you, but in my personal opinion, if we cannot handle a once a week on Sunday morning commitment, then we're not even close to what the Bible is asking for us to be as believers because the precedent in scripture for the New Testament church was meeting much more regularly than once a Sunday. You would not, if you don't go to church every single Sunday in today's day and age, I'm not talking about Wednesdays and Tuesdays and everything else. I'm just saying once a week, you would not be counted in the fellowship of the believers by what the New Testament was actually looking at. So I think we're looking at this completely backwards. The technology that we are benefiting from right now, the interconnectedness of the internet and social media and our ability to listen and learn from some of the best teachers on the planet and glean and worship with some of the best bands that have ever been, That is not permission for you to disengage from what God is doing in and through you, where you are positioned in the local sphere of your life, your city, your zip code, your community. It is so important that you go to a church because it's not just for your development. It's for what God wants to do through you as well. Here's another specific and great scripture that I think we can pull into this as well. Matthew chapter six, verse 33, but first and most importantly, seek aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness and his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all of these things will be given to you also. What is God saying? We have to seek after the way he ordered the world, and that's where the abundant life lies for us. That's how we step into what God has for us. But as long as we are seeking our own kingdom, our own definition of what we want to do with our time, then these other things won't be added to us, guys. It's it's actually pretty black and white. I know some people would say to me, listen, I'm just tired. I don't want to go to church today because I'm just tired. Listen, pastors feel that way too, but we are not led by our flesh. Can I get an amen? We are led by our spirit, which is being led by the Holy Spirit, who is God. And if you don't agree with me on that, you can check out my podcast, about the Holy Spirit. It's actually not a podcast. It's a message I preached um, at my church, Bethel OKC. You can find the whole message there and that might be helpful to you. But listen, here's the bottom line. The grace of God does not empower you to go to brunch on a Sunday morning. The grace of God does not empower you to be lazy and to sleep in. Why do we feel like we need to sleep in? Because we're tired. Maybe because we stayed up too late on a Saturday night. But listen, if we're staying up too late on a Saturday night, are we even honoring God? That might be too much for you, and I apologize if it is. But this whole life, every breath in your lungs is for you to come closer to Jesus. It's for you to come into a a more dynamic relationship with him. 
I think what's happening in the nation today with people not going to church regularly is a better indication of what's going on inside of the hearts of believers than it is the power of the internet. It is very hard to gather believers in today's day and age for so many reasons. For preachers, especially preachers like me who are in small churches and, and you know we don't have like a huge following or anything like that. Most preachers, that is their story. And so we have this sort of innate thing where you're being compared to preachers with such a huge gifting. They have a global platform and that's a really unfair thing to do to your senior pastor. Now, I'm not saying that in like a whining mode. I'm just saying it just, it is, right? That's not that's not fair to say that if you can't preach at the level that gives you global recognition, then then I don't need to listen to you every week. God has given your leaders something for you. But also, church is not just about you. I think one of the reasons why we are leaving the church in that in that regard, we're not going every Sunday, is because we've bought into the idea that we're not consumers, that it's not just about us. And, and I'll give you some advice that someone gave to me that I loved. This was from a mom who has five kids and, um, they are leaders in their church and they're there at every service because that's her husband's job. And she said, you know, all of my kids have gone through different seasons where they didn't want to go to church. They didn't want to participate or they didn't want to be there because this, that, or the other. And she said, what I found was when I gave them a job to do, when they committed to start serving, they found a deeper place of purpose where they wanted to come because they felt better about themselves because they were also contributing. They weren't just consuming. I think that's where we need to get as people, as adults. We have to figure out where we can contribute to our local church. So that begs the question. Number one, the church that you go to, do you agree with their vision? That's got to be like the the baseline thing that's got to be there. And if you would say yes, then you can go to number two. Are you contributing to build the vision that your pastors have laid out for you? And if you're not, then maybe that's where you start. And if you are, but you're still feeling not satisfied, well, then maybe we need to do one of two things. Number one, maybe you need to sit down with one of your pastors and have a conversation. Hey, this is some ideas I've had about ways we can reach people or things I could do to help contribute. What do you think about that? Super simple, right? I know not all pastors are great at those type of conversations, but it's worth having versus, you know, the other alternative being that you just go to church once a month. The other thing that we have to do, in my personal opinion, is we have to renew our minds about what church is and what it's for. If we are going to reach the world, one of the ways we're going to reach the world is through our local church. But if you're not there three Sundays out of the month, then how can you help further the mission of your church? If you're only there once or twice every now and then, then how can you really contribute to the vision that you're supposed to be helping build the impact for your city and all of those types of things? Again, the grace of God does not empower us to sleep in on Sundays. It empowers us to renew our minds about the way that we view church. I think what's going to happen in this next season is that we are going to have to, as believers, draw lines in the sand and say, although I might feel tired and need a Sunday afternoon nap, I'm going to honor God in this way. I'm going to show up and participate in the corporate worship. I'm going to let God give encouragements to me to give out to other people. I'm going to serve in the areas that they need help with because because we're reaching people through what we're doing on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights or whenever your church meets. I think we're going to have to draw a line in the sand about that. 
I don't know about you, but in my heart right now, I'm feeling so supercharged that maybe what we need to do is respond in the opposite spirit. Don't you think the enemy wants us to be disconnected as believers? Don't you think that what's happening is as a nation, we're beginning to step a little bit more into our identity as sons and daughters of God. And so his plan now has been come has been created to come and target the church and get them to feel like it's not worth showing up on Sunday morning so that God is yet again undermined in what he's trying to do through your local church. Again, maybe that's too much for you. Maybe that's too much truth, but I just encourage you, let's be found among the people who do what Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 and we seek first the kingdom. We make Jesus our priority. We make the gathering of believers our priority. We don't neglect that like Hebrews instructs us not to neglect. I I know for some of us, we would say, well, you know, listen, this isn't really the construct of what church is supposed to be. I hear people say this all the time, you know, that, that really the first church is supposed to look more like it does in the book of Acts than it does, you know, on your street or at your church today. But again, I would say to you, if you're not out meeting with people every single day, praying together two, three times a day with other believers, not just yourself, but with other believers, then you don't really have a place to have an opinion like that. Because unless you're fulfilling Acts 2 in that way, then you're just complaining about your church. Oops, I did it again. Too aggressive. And I'm sorry. But also I'm not sorry. Because listen, Jesus is ready to move like never before. I genuinely believe we are on the cusp of a revival that's going to sweep this nation. We are going to see God do some incredible things unless we all keep sleeping in. We all get used to not having other people in our lives. We all hide behind our phones and our computers and we call that church and we think that's good enough. And then we don't get to be the conduit through which God uses to bring this revival. Guys, revival does not happen where God zaps a cloud and everybody just sort of like gets mind controlled, taken over and loves God. Revival happens through relationships. The relationships of people is God's one and only plan that will not be forsaken to him. That is his one and only plan A. Reach people, make disciples. How can you make disciples if you won't even be around other believers? Welp, there you have it. That's my soapbox from today. It's a little bit fiery, I know, but I'm trying to light a little fire under your tail because we need to honor the Lord. We need to get better at leading ourselves by our spirits and not our flesh. Listen, sometimes we say, I'm so tired. You don't understand how tired I am. And I would say to you, I do understand. But the question is, are you tired or are you weary? Are you physically tired or are you weary? Because if you're physically tired, there are adjustments you can make in your diet and the amount of sleep you get at night. If you're weary, you are having a spiritual condition. If you're weary, then you need to look at Galatians, how Galatians commands us to not let weariness take us over, that we need to continue to do what is good, which is what Galatians tells us. So if you're weary... Don't say you're tired. Don't blame it on being tired. Call it what it is so you can take that to the Lord and you can get refreshment from him. Proverbs tells us plain as day, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. If you're feeling really weary, it could be because you've been trying to refresh yourself through self-care and more time alone and all that kind of stuff. When the Bible says the promise is you get refreshed when you go be around other people and you serve other people. It's in the refreshing of others that you get refreshed. So 
I'm praying for you. I don't want you to end this and be like, well, Rachel, you pushed all my buttons and that's the end of our relationship. (laughs) That's not what I'm going for. Okay. Well, I am trying to push your buttons, but I'm not trying to make you so frustrated that we can't have a conversation about it. And if you're in my church and you're like, man, I need to figure out where I can contribute more, please. We are all ears. We want to know because what I want is not for you to come to church so that your pastor can have a bigger crowd. It's because what happens in you when you commit to doing the things God has asked of you, that's what we're looking for as leaders. That's what we're looking for as disciple makers. I want to see you in that abundant life. I want to see you thriving in every single way. And I just know you cannot get there apart from the way the word of God tells us. So that's why this is important to me. Not because I'm a pastor who wants more people in seats. It's because I'm a pastor who wants you living your best life with Jesus. I just know it's going to come when you do the things that he says. So I love you. I'm praying for you. God cover all of this with grace. And um, until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.